0: spaded away. I put my money in my cash box. box. Trying to see
1: a better day. I could have played for the Blue Jays. Falling in a way. Nice clothes, nice clothes. Nice clothes,
2: nice clothes. Hello and welcome to episode 68 of Section 138. I'm your host, Mark Colley. As always, I'm joined by Bryson and Jacob. How are you guys? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. What about you, Jacob?
0: I am doing great, and I'm happy to continue this Iron Man streak on the podcast. It's been a lot of fun.
2: Yes, and it's coming in clutch behind the scenes today. Um, but we've talked a lot about recently about Major League Baseball in general and how, you know, all the news we've been hearing from them, but we haven't really been talking a lot about the Blue Jays, which is weird because, of course, we are a Blue Jay podcast. So today, we decided to just only talk about the Blue Jays regardless of the other news that we're hearing around Major League Baseball. So today, I guess the main question that we're going to try to answer is, how will the way this season is played, or if it's even played at all, affect the Blue Jays, whether it comes to, you know, their competitive schedule for years to come, whether it's um, service time, whether it's a draft, stuff like that. So I guess we can start things off with the very easy question of, Will the Blue Jays make the postseason this year if there is a season? Because we've seen lots of ideas about the postseason being expanded. Looks like it's going to be expanded from 10 teams to 14 teams, so it gives the Blue Jays a little bit more of a shot, as well with the divisional realignments that could potentially help the Blue Jays. So do you guys think the Blue Jays will make the postseason this year?
1: Uh, I definitely think uh, they have a better chance to do it, and that supports my point from months ago. Uh, you, you guys probably don't even remember, and I didn't even remember until I really thought about it. Is uh, around January, February, I thought as well that the the Jays had a, definitely a better chance of competing for a wild card spot, and I've been supporting that ever since, even the Mookie Betts trade out of uh, out of Boston. So I think that uh, regardless, even even regardless of the Mookie Betts trade, uh, the Jays, you know, they're supposed to be taking a step forward this year. Um, we still don't really know how good they'll be, but. You know, based on how this rebuild's been going, the past two years have been slightly better. Other than record, I'm talking about the product we've been seeing on the field, and we know that the young core that they have already developing at the major league level. You know, based off of playing time, they will get better, and we we haven't even seen the best out of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. yet. So I think that's something that uh, definitely is on my mind for a breakout season, if there's a season. And uh, I went through the AL East, and I was looking at you know, where the Jays would sit. And then I stopped myself because I remembered that if there's a season, uh, I should also be looking at the NL East. So thank God I did that and did research on that and did my homework on that. And if you look at the actual so-called MLB East, which will be combined of 10 teams, uh, the Jays are right in there or at least in the middle of the pack compared to the the top teams in there. So the top teams, I guess you you would look at, were probably the best team in this division would probably be the the, Yan- the New York Yankees. Uh, the New York Mets, we know that they're, they're a question mark, as well as the the Phillies. Uh, they're supposed to be good this year based off of projections, but uh, they've been an average team for the past couple of years. Uh, the Phillies made a big acquisition with Zach Wheeler, and the Mets actually lost Noah Syndergaard for the season due to Tommy John. And I've spoken about the Red Sox. The Orioles are a complete tire fire. Uh, the Washington Nationals, you can give them credit because they're the defending champs, even though they lost one of their best players in Anthony Rendon. Uh, the Pirates are also, you know, in a rebuilding phase. Uh, the Marlins are a complete tire fire, and if even the fans are allowed at games uh, for Marlins games, that would definitely be considered social distancing. So go ahead and do that. And the Rays um, are s- supposed to be, I guess, or we're supposed to be the second best team in the AL East, another wild card contender team. So if you take, if you put uh, the Jays in that division with all these other teams, they definitely have a, ch- a shot. And I can't. You know, I I would definitely disagree if you completely ruled out their chances. And I do think even that, the biggest advantage they have is the expanded postseason. Now, I don't know how it would work. I don't know how many teams from each division make it or depends on who wins the division. I don't know how that works. But mathematically, they definitely have a better shot. And I do think that they can keep up with some of these teams uh, in the East, barring anything that changes with injuries or anything else like that. With a healthy team, I think that this team could definitely take a step forward. I'm not saying they're going to be near the top of the East with the Yankees, which is unrealistic for me uh, for the next couple years at least, but I do think they they can keep up with some of these other teams.
0: Yeah, honestly, I think they have a pretty good chance of making the playoffs. I I don't know if you can really guarantee it, but you cannot rule them out like you just said. Uh, I think this season... 162 games is not realistic. Even if you want to throw in double headers every once in a while, uh, which I think honestly could work in the blue Jays favor because if they were to get off to a really good start for, you know, a month or a certain number of games, that would be more impactful on a shortened season where the amount of games are it, or the, you're not, you're not playing as many games as you usually are. So one game could be worth slightly more. Uh, and I think when you look back to the 2018 team, obviously completely different in terms of structure compared to this year's team. But they were over 500 until the middle of May, which I believe they played 42 games until that point, which, you know, I'm not saying anything like that is going to happen. However, if something like that were to happen where they're around 500 or they're, you know, staying above water, then, you know, if that lasts for a couple of weeks or, you know, a month or a little bit more than that, I think will influence or increase their chances of making the playoffs. Because like I said, if you're only playing 135 games or slightly less or whatever they choose, you know, winning, um, you know, having a good start to the season would greatly impact their chances because each game would be worth more. And I think that would honestly benefit
2: them. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, Obviously, if you just look at it mathematically, you know, you have a lot better shot when there's 14 teams instead of 10 teams. Although, we don't know the specifics of how the bracketing will work. We don't know if it's going to be, you know, wild card style for the extra two teams from each um, division, or I guess there's not even National League and American League. So, we really have no idea how things will shape up as far as bracketing goes, but just mathematically, it helps the Blue Jays out. Bottom line, I don't think they will make the postseason. Um, we were talking uh, on this podcast, of course, before the season was canceled of our projections for this year. And I think I said 81-81 was my guess, perhaps a little bit worse than that. Um, and if you're looking at 14 teams, if you assume that a 500 record is, you know, 15th best team, um, and I think that the Blue Jays might be a little bit worse than that, Um they could end up not making the postseason. So that would be my final guess on that. But of course, so much is up in the air and really every team in this situation um, has the ability to make the postseason just because of how crazy stuff is right now. Um, I guess we can move on to our next question because that one we're pretty much all in agreement on. This one's a little bit more interesting and we touched on it last week. Major League Baseball and the Commissioner Rob Manfred have said that players will have the chance to opt out of playing this season if there is a season to be played um, because they, whatever, for whatever reasons, might not be comfortable with playing. Whether it's health reasons, they are upset about the amount of money they're going to be getting. So knowing that... There's a conversation to be had about whether any Blue Jay players will opt out of playing this season, and which Blue Jay players it might be who don't want to play. So I don't know if you guys have any ideas of who you think might opt out this season, but I have a few in mind.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to the Jays in this topic about the the you know the opportunity potentially to opt out, we haven't really heard much about um, from them specifically. Uh, I know that I've seen or heard. Danny Jansen do a few interviews, and he's been uh, he actually stayed back. He didn't go uh, back to his home in Chicago. He stayed with uh, a few teammates down in Florida, and I know that Ryu also stayed back. He didn't go back to Korea. He stayed back and was staying at Russell Martin's house in Florida, uh, who in in where they were both teammates last year. So other than those two, I haven't really heard much. I know Bo Bichette was in that MLB. Uh, 20 tournament players tournament, and he said multiple times that, you know, he's dying to play, he's dying to play, and other than that, you know, if we go across other teams, uh, we, we, t- we, we spoke about Blake Snell last week, and also Bryce Harper, and then I mentioned Sean Doolittle complaining about, or not complaining, but just outlining health protocols that would be in place, but when it comes to Blake Snell and Bryce Harper, they were uh, against it uh, just because of the financial problems between the union and the league. But, you know, there's still a bunch of players that we don't know um, who would potentially sit out. And specifically on the Jays, I really have no idea, Mark. So I'd love, I'd love to hear um, who your idea, you know, your idea for who would. But other than that, I don't want to make any assumptions just because I don't know. And this is definitely something that will be addressed because I do think there's a bunch of players on, I would say, you know, definitely over half of, or maybe 75% of the teams... Who don't feel safe going to play, whether if it's about money or whether if it's about uh, safety protocols. So other than that, I haven't really heard much about it. Uh, I don't know anything really about it. It's kind of something that's up in the air and something that I don't really want to guess on, just because uh, it definitely is a serious situation, just because of how deadly this virus is and how unsafe it could be if proper measures aren't put in place. Uh, but you know, other that other than that, I'm under the assumption that you know players are ready to play. Uh, whenever or if there's a green light. But yeah, definitely, I'd love to hear, you know, why you think or, you know, who on the Jays would potentially opt out just because I haven't heard much about that.
0: I don't know. I personally think that, like you said, it is up in the air and, you know, you didn't want to make assumptions. But I think for me, I was thinking about it last night. And when I look at how young this Blue Jays team is, I think that a lot of them, are eager to play. And if there are the proper protocols put in place, I, again, this is just me guessing, but I do kind of have a feeling that a lot of the younger guys, as part of their core, like uh, Vlad Guerrero, Bichette, Bichette, all those types of guys, I think they would be more eager to play because, uh, like Bichette said, he's he's dying to play. He He wants some more major league experience. And I think opting out, you know, they could improve on their abilities at home or, you know, at some type of gym once they open or however they work out during the offseason. But I do kind of have a feeling that a lot of these guys will play just because, you know, if it's safe to do so, first of all, you know, they will want to play because this is major league experience for them. And, you know, you can't go to a batting cage for an entire year and get the same or, or improve the same way you would compared to playing against major league players. You know, especially with uh, the different pitches they can throw. it's just it's a different experience altogether. and I just yeah, I just I see their core wanting to play as long as it's healthy. And if somebody does want to opt out, then no hard feelings. I'm not you know against that. i'm but I just I do think that they would want to play. Uh, however, I think we talked about it last week where somebody mentioned the taxi squads where there's no minor league teams, and you know you just have a few players that kind of just follow the team in case of an injury I and I do think that those types of guys could opt out because they say well I'm just you know following the team for a chance to play uh obviously you know injuries happen things like that and especially with these circumstances a lot of different things could happen to the projected starting players but I think a lot of guys on the roster that you know, we're expecting to kind of come up and down throughout the minors. You know, some of the extra outfielders like Anthony Alford uh, would potentially opt out just because, you know, for them, what's the point of playing or what's the point of being a part of the team for a chance to play, you know, and if they're not on the team, on the major league team, at least, then, you know, there's just no point for them to spend their time going in and through all, all the cities and going through all the major league things that the players normally would do but just to not play
2: yeah it's a good point the taxi squads are pretty much just all of the risk and none of the reward of actually playing so um but as far as you guys said i think it is easy to kind of point out the guys that we think would actually play or we pretty much know wouldn't opt out. I think you mentioned Bo Bichette, Danny Jansen, some of these younger guys who do have something to prove and are really itching to play after just playing last season. Um, I think those are guys that we can pretty much be certain that they would not opt out. You mentioned Hyunjin Ryu, um, how he's still in Florida. I think that's another guy we can be pretty sure won't opt out given that he's In Florida right now, um, along those lines of international players with Ayujin Ryu, I think Shun Yamaguchi, who I believe right now is in Japan, I think he went back to Japan, um, and he still hasn't played a, a major league game because he just came over from japan uh, this offseason signing with the blue jays i think he's one of the guys that may opt out just because you know he is unfamiliar with being in the u.s obviously things are a lot safer right now in japan um and this is would have been his first year coming over to the u.s slash canada so um he's one guy i have in mind as someone who might opt out another guy is some of the guys with young uh families either kids or wives um Lourdes Goriel Jr., he has a kid, I believe he's almost four months now, Um, the cutest kid ever if you see him on Instagram, Uh, but he's a guy who I think may opt out just because of that family side of things. Teoscar Hernandez, I think, um, his partner also recently had a kid, Um, so that might be another consideration for Teoscar Hernandez. Um, Ultimately, I think it comes down to A, what your personal life is, B, what you have to prove in the majors, and, you know, if you're itching to prove something, um, and I think those two considerations will largely guide a lot of these thoughts. And some of the older guys on the roster, you know, whether it's some of the pitchers, maybe Chase Anderson, Tanner Rourke, some of the guys who, you know, are well off and just came over to the Blue Jays, so they don't really have a connection to the team. I think those are some of the guys who may opt out as well. And, of course, if these players do opt out, it hurts the Blue Jays this season, but you have to imagine other players on other teams are also going to be opting out. So I don't know how much of a consideration that can be when we think about how competitive the Blue Jays will be this season.
1: Absolutely. And this is, again, you just mentioned right at the end, this is something that every single team will be dealing with. And uh, it's it's pretty relatable to injuries, although that injuries can happen at different times of the year, or the amount of injuries, but this could be something consistent with every other team from start to finish. And, you know, I want to reiterate back to the point I said last week, um, and I, I'm fully on board with people who don't feel safe going to, or g- reporting to camps or playing the season. I just... I think that if they don't report, I still believe that they shouldn't be allowed to play at all for the rest of the season. And Mark, like you said, you know, players like Gurriel, uh, Teoscar Hernandez, you know, those are pretty big pieces to the team. So rather than, you know, them sitting out, you know, that's a huge, huge loss for the Jays in particular. And, you know, they're a young team as well with some veterans. But, you know, if you know there's a lot of playing time open for Gurriel and Hernandez based off of the way the team's built. We know the team's high on both of those players. So those are major holes uh, to fill if they don't play. So hopefully that, or depending on how uh, how the front office will be able to coordinate everything, it's going to be, it's a really, really, it's, it's an uncertain situation. It's a good point, Jacob, too. I never really thought about it, which was the taxi squads. Um, you know, we don't even know like how that's even going to work. We, we know that it'll be upwards of, I think it was 20 to 30 players. Uh, we don't know if they're going to be at team facilities. We don't know, like, I, I really have no idea how that'll work other than they're on standby in case someone, you know, God forbid gets infected with uh, COVID-19 or just get has an injury. And another thing to look at, in my opinion, as well as players here who are entering final years of their contracts. I think that's something that has to be considered other than family, just because it's their future in the game of baseball. And I just looked at Chase Anderson. Um, he has a club option for 2021. So, you know, the implications of him not showing up this year to play, uh, it's it's definitely a risk because, you know, one, he won't be pitching. And two, you know, how confident are the Jays going to be in Chase Anderson next year with other, you know, other pieces moving up the minor league system? I know we're going to touch on a bit later, but Nate Pearson's one. Um, you know how how safe will Chase Anderson's security be with the team if he decides to sit out for a whole season? So that's definitely another thing to look at. But you know, it it comes down to a matter of personal opinion. No one's going to agree based off of how safe these these health measures are. Um, based off of what we know, uh, the union did respond to some of the protocols put in place. Uh, I know that they were against the fact that they can't use showers just because they want to use showers or other things in the facility to help, um, you know, re-energize or things like that. But everyone has different opinions um, based on what they think is safe or not. And it comes down to a matter of, are you willing to show up and play baseball? And if they don't, I still think they shouldn't show up. But again, it's it really isn't anything personal. But uh, on the baseball side of it, it's a major, major loss uh, for the team. Can you imagine, you know, let's just say... Um, Hmm. somebody on the Jays, even Ryu, let's just say he decides to sit out and somehow the Jays are, or as we j- kind of predicted, they have a better chance of making the playoffs or down the postseason stretch or a playoff run heading into September. You, can you imagine the loss Like as we go deeper into the season without him in the rotation? And again, Gurriel or Hernandez, those are starters on this team. So it's it, they are major holes to fill, major losses for teams. But the one thing is everyone will, everyone will be dealing with it at the same time which is why it's a little bit different than an actual injury.
2: Yeah, and it brings in a lot of interesting considerations because obviously there's a roster freeze right now, but we had been hearing like like way back when this all started, like are teams going to be trading for players who have had COVID-19 because they're going to have antibodies? Um, I think there's a similar conversation to be had here about whether teams are going to be trading for players that they know are not going to opt out of the season. So that they can have all their chips in place and know what's happening in terms of their roster. So it's definitely crazy that we're even talking about players just, you know, deciding to sit out a season. But it does have a lot of ramifications. And you brought up service time. We don't know how service time will really work with this opting out feature. We don't know anything about opting out. But that kind of leads into our next conversation about what happens if there isn't a season this year. You know, we heard... Originally, when the agreement between the players' association and the owners was set in, I guess it was late March, that if there wasn't a season, players would get the same amount of service time that they had in 2019. So, you know, if you were on the roster for a hundred days in 2019, you would get a hundred days of service time for 2020. Um, now that has ramifications um, in terms of service time for the Blue Jays, which player hurts the Blue Jays the most um in terms of service time you know whether it's I don't know a guy like Ryu of course the Blue Jays just signing him to a big deal if they lose a year of his service time but still have to pay him you know a large sum of money how, well how does that impact the Blue Jays and their plans for the future so what do you guys think is a player that impacts the Blue Jays the most in this discussion of losing service time
1: yeah when it comes to uh, Ryu y- You know, he based off of what he had in 2019. It's a year lost, like you said. So, you know, the Jays signed him to a four year deal. Next thing you know, it you had him for one year as signed to a contract, but you never got anything out of him on the field. So, in other words, you lose a whole season of paying. You know, of Ryu on the team, and you're paying him for pretty much nothing because of this pandemic. And it's it's other than Ryu, you know, there's not really much. Service time on the team. Like, I mean, if you look at players who veterans are part of the team, someone like Ken Giles, who is supposed to be a free agent this upcoming winter. And uh, Chase Anderson, like I said, he has a club option. But, you know, part of the younger players, I don't think that they really hurt as much uh, in terms of, well, I should say the team benefits from it. But, you know, the players themselves, especially people who are developing through the minor league system, you know, it's definitely a loss for them just because, you know, first of all, they're, they're, they're staying with the team for an extra year and they're losing complete development time. You know, someone that comes to mind, uh, Mark, you recently interviewed Kevin Smith. Um, you know, he's someone who's still not ready for the major leagues, but he's still continuing to develop in the minor leagues. You know, how, how do these players react to a whole year off? And we know taxi squads, you know, you're not really playing many games, but uh, other than that, it's it's hard to say because, you know, Nate Pearson comes to mind as well. We know he was close. Uh, we don't know how close. We don't even know, even if there's a season this year, I, I doubt he's on the team. I don't even know if he would be on the taxi squad. It's just so much question marks. But, you know, it's in certain, for certain players, the team benefits more. And for certain players, the team loses and the player benefits himself or, you know, st- it stays the same status quo for the players. So an example would be Ryu. But you know, for these other young guys, I think the Jays benefit for sure because this is an, or, you know, a front office who's said many times, based off of trades and signings, that they are trading and signing these players for service time. So uh, I think that's beneficial to them to hold on to these players for another year, who they didn't get any service time out of, and based off the previous season, you know, they didn't have much service time to begin with. So I think that benefits the team, um, but it also it, it benefits. There's pros and cons, so it's it's hard to say. But, you know, Ryu, in my mind, would be the biggest loss uh, for this team. You only get three years out of him now. And, you know, he's. I think he's in in his mid-30s, so he's going to be one year older next year. You don't know what you're going to get out of him at all because, you know, based off of these predictions, there's really no predictions that you can make out of because people have been sitting, you know, on their couches for two months or training but not allowed at the team facilities and, you, you know, so on and so on. So it's definitely... A lot of pros and cons, but a lot of uncertainty. But Ryu would be my biggest loss um, if I'm the Blue Jays.
0: Yeah, I have to agree with you on the Ryu part of it because you know he he's signed to a four year, eighty million dollar contract. So to spend twenty million dollars this year, you know, if you want to divide it up uh, to spend that amount of money and not have him play, not have anybody play, really, that's a huge loss because. You know, I think the biggest thing you said is people are getting older. So, you know, all these young guys, maybe it, it won't impact them that much. But a guy like Ryu, who's, you know, getting close to, not close to retirement, but he's he's aging. He's definitely not, you know, closer to his debut than he was retirement. So you're losing time uh, where he could play well. And I think another uh, incident here. Just while I'm on the topic of the aging, uh, Nate Pearson is going to be – he's 23 right now. I believe his birthday is in August. So, you know, if you – losing a year on him maybe, like I said, won't be as drastic. But that's still a year lost where, you know, he's he's older. So, you know, even if he wasn't to make it to the major leagues this year, there's still time lost because he he's not able to go to the minor league systems and uh, train – you know, he can still work out at home or something, but he just, you lose some time where that could be used for training. And, yeah, it just, these guys just sit at home and it's just, it's tough for them.
2: Yeah, and, I mean, you guys were talking about Ryu. I think Ryu is obviously a big loss, but in the end, they still have him for three more years, which is, Good, we're going to be talking about this later on, but it still lines up with you know their competitive window, so I don't think that hurts them as much as some other guys. You mentioned Ken Giles, he's going to be a free agent after this year. Matt Shoemaker is another guy who's a free agent, and Travis Shaw. Is a free agent um, Shaw obviously not the biggest of losses because he you know was horrible last year he's trying to rebound this year but um, not a big deal if the Blue Jays get nothing from him but in terms of a guy like Giles the Blue Jays were looking to flip him for someone at the trade deadline or perhaps extend him because we saw talk just this past week about Giles saying that he wanted to stay with the Blue Jays so perhaps the Blue Jays considering extending him but I think in all likelihood they If this season played out normally, they would have traded him at the trade deadline. So they kind of don't get that asset and don't get the prospects that they would... If there was a season, which is disappointing from that regard. And the same thing for Matt Shoemaker. I think he's a guy that the Blue Jays were also looking to flip after this or partway through this season if he performed and stayed healthy um, after he struggled with health last year. He was a guy that the Blue Jays were looking to turn into prospects for the next few years and down the line. And I think that's going to hurt the Blue Jays in the fact that if there isn't a season, they aren't able to turn those few guys into future prospects but I think Jacob what you said the biggest loss in all of this is kind of just the development of these players whether it's you know all the way through the Blue Jays organization from low A to triple A or whether it's in the majors with the young guys like Guerrero Bichette, Biggio, Jansen, Maguire guys like that that won't have the chance to develop in the majors this season and will kind of be set back a little bit because they don't have access to the trainers they don't have access to you know in-game reps and I think that's probably the biggest loss that we'll see this season
1: Mm -hmm. when it comes to you know those those people in the minor leagues who are developing like you said it's a complete loss Um, but in terms of the other players at the major league level you know it's it's a loss but at the same time They're still developing in a certain way, just because if there's a season, we know that, you know, players like Biggio, Bichette and Guerrero will be on the team, barring any injuries. They'll be getting as many at-bats as they can. Um, You know, obviously that it'll be, the season's likely to be cut in half to 82 games, so they're going to get half of what they were supposed to get. But, you know, it's, it's, they benefit a bit, but, you know, it's, it's not a complete win for them. And, you know, for a team like the Jays who are rebuilding and trying to develop, you know, all over the minor leagues or at the major league level... You know, this probably put this could put a small halt on them. Like, like this could slow them down a bit. I don't expect it to slow them. Uh, expect this to slow them down for you know an entire calendar year. But it definitely puts some halt on player development and you know other things like that. Even with Matt Shoemaker, other than the Jays trying to trade him, him himself, he's trying to get back on a. You know, he's trying to avoid injuries. He's been a, an injury plagued pitcher his whole career. Uh, he had a great start last year. A couple starts. Uh, he had with the Jays before he tore his ACL in Oakland. Uh, He's someone I was very high on uh, in terms of a good rotation piece. Who knows if the Jays would have ended up flipping him. It's likely uh, it would have happened, you know, based on where the Jays were a year ago. But fast forward to this year with this pandemic, uh, the Jays all of a sudden, you know, could possibly be competing. And who knows how serious they'll take it. But if they do take it seriously, you have to imagine that, you know, these are players that you might want to hold on to. Who knows? And Jacob, you even said last week, you didn't even know... Or you, you were in favor of banning trades this year because I brought up the idea of what happens when you make a trade. You know, will this player have to quarantine and all of that? And then when it comes to Ken Giles, uh, he's someone I'd like to see stick around. And he, I know he does want to stick around, and that's definitely rare to see someone, you know, on a Toronto team uh, want to stick around. So I think it's, it's something that you got to consider now as well where you are this year. You know, you need a closer based off of, other than Ken Giles, the bullpen is pretty much all, they're they're all on one-year deals. And it's not a very strong bullpen, so... Uh, you know Ken Giles is someone who's always helped you close out games he had a spectacular year last year and he's definitely somebody that I would think that or I think the Jays should look into to extending um, again this this season is a completely different from last season and the Jays might look at it differently as well this year because they have a better chance at going for a playoff spot so who knows what will happen but lots of it's it's different for all these players in terms of who wins and who lost, who who loses based off of you know if it's development service time, um, you know even just person you know their personal role with the team and the way the team views the team or sorry the way the Jays look at themselves going into the next few years.
0: Can I just say, um, I put this on my uh, I think it was on my Instagram account uh, with the with the Ken Giles situation. If the Blue Jays are to let him go, and by let him I just mean he doesn't resign. Honestly, I think that would be a bit of a waste of the Osuna trade because I'm not going to get into the, the personal side of that. I thought he was a great pitcher. I'm happy they have Ken Giles now. I think if they were to lose him, then that would probably be one of the biggest mistakes of this year.
2: Yeah, I don't want to get into Osuna again, of course. I'm very happy they made that trade. But yeah, Giles, I'm happy that he's a guy who wants to stick around, and I'm happy that, of course, he's a amazing pitcher and completely dominant out of the bullpen, and pretty much the only good arm they have out of the bullpen, with the exception of maybe, maybe Jordan Romano, if he is even playing into the bullpen calculus this season. But yeah, I, I want to see him stick around. I would love for the Blue Jays to extend it, but I also understand if they're trying to flip him and get something out of him this year but of course that's all null and void unless there is a season this year so um i guess we can move on to another topic of if there isn't a season this year when will the blue jays compete i think in my mind at least the timeline has always been since you know 2017 when they started the rebuild it's been you know rebuild 2017 2018 2019 2020 get a little bit more competitive, hover around 500, 2021, get really competitive, fight for a playoff spot, 2022, get into the playoffs, and then 2023, take it all the way. That's kind of always been the timeline inside my mind for the past few years, but I'm wondering if that's now kind of changed because if there isn't a season this year, of course, all these players are going to be set back in development. Are they still set up to win or go all the way in 2023 or is it kind of pushed back to 2024 or beyond yeah this this is something that comes with a lot of
1: uncertainty
2: and you
1: know the fact is we don't know what the future holds f- you know for this team in terms of how close they are but you know you have to imagine the the logical answer is they definitely be behind a bit but I don't think they're gonna be behind a be behind a whole lot. Uh, I you know like you said, Mark, they're a few years away from actual competing based off of their original timeline. And the one thing I want to uh, take note is is even let's just say the Jays miss barely missed the playoffs this year or get in. You know they're not they don't have a spectacular record, a bit over five hundred. This is best case scenario. Who knows? Even if the front office takes that seriously, because if you really look at it, you're playing half a season. And if you go into two thousand and twenty one, you're assuming that well, we're going to have a regular 162-game schedule again. And, you know, who knows if the front office takes it seriously. You know, what if they think it was, uh, you know, 2020 was uh, a different year, a year that hopefully we never experience again. But at the same time, this team played half of what was supposed to happen. And we still really don't know if they're ready for that point of taking that next step. So I think that's the biggest problem that will affect them. I guess, you know, in terms of that, you have to make a judgment call. You have to go with your gut and and you have to see what they look like this year with half of a season. And if they look good, it's not even a guarantee that the Jays will move forward next year. Who knows? Maybe they stay put. And like you said, Mark or Jacob, maybe they look into trading some of these guys again, like Ken Giles. Um, you know, they, they definitely won't let him walk for nothing. They'll, if they, they'll have a sense if he's going to st- stick around or not based off of if they'll trade him or extend him. So I think that's okay. I think they're okay with that part. I think, you know, the one thing, you know, as much as Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro get a lot of heat or they've gotten a lot of, uh, con- you know, they've gotten a lot of hate the past couple of years. The one thing I give them credit for is they, they flip players before, you know, they, they don't ever lose players for nothing. So that's a good thing in terms of trusting them with that situation. I, Maybe they want him to stick around, who knows, but you know, there has to be a season for that to be determined. But the one thing that bothers me or concerns me, if this team could take the next step or if they're behind based off their timeline of competing, Mark, is how serious will the front office take this season, if, even if they do good or bad? Because, you know, as fans at home are all cheering for them potentially making the playoffs, you know, it's it's half of a season. So that's why it's completely different, and that's why I think the front office can look at it completely differently. You know, it was definitely a good step forward in terms of development, but we're not going to rush things, and we're going to take our time, and if that means pushing our competitive timeline back a half year or a full year then i think i think they'll have no hesitations to do that but the one thing you have to remember is uh you know you have players like ryu who've you signed for four years you've, you're losing a you know you're losing half a season of him and there's other players here who are free agents in terms of veterans you know in your starting rotation or even your bullpen who are all on one-year deals pretty much including ken giles who's your best bullpen piece that's the one thing that concerns me if this team would ever take the next step it's it's really based off of what Shapiro and Atkins think, and we don't know what they think, and we don't know how they'll interpret it, and we don't even know how good the Jays will be. So that's that's the only thing I'm concerned about.
0: See, I don't know. I feel like if there is not a season, then the Blue Jays might actually be in one of the worst positions in the league just because of how young everybody is, and, you know, especially you mentioned with the bullpen, you know, you you, you can't just lose, you know, everybody. you got to sign people. Um, but when I look at how competitive they are, I, I think that will, like I said, get pushed back because I mentioned earlier, you know, players working out at home or doing something, you know, not in a team setting, they're able to, you know, slightly improve themselves. But, you know, hitting in a batting cage cannot mask, you know, a major league curveball or slider for an entire year. You know, eventually they're going to have to play against actual teams and players that are trying as hard as they can to get them out because that will help improve them um but you know i look at a guy like aaron sanchez where i think it was after i think it was just before 2017 like the 2016 offseason he gained it was close to 20 pounds of muscle i think it was like 16 pounds like he he really worked on himself to get him buff and improve obviously it didn't necessarily work out for him that year but you know if you know we talked about guerrero he talked about how he was trying to improve his physical state uh I think that's something that he could do he can improve himself you know a lot of other players can work on personal improvements whether it's you know uh work working out gaining muscle losing excess weight something like that they can you know get themselves to be more physically fit for a season however I think it will still be a big adjustment to go from not playing baseball in a competitive setting to than just going back to it after taking you know a extended break, um but yeah I think in terms of development they might kind of get the the bad end of the stick for the with this one.
2: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. The Blue Jays are in a a tougher situation than a lot of other teams because they are. So young. They don't have the luxury of having, you know, players like, I don't know, let's say Josh Donaldson or um, Robinson Cano or, you know, players like that who have been in the majors for years upon years. And I don't think missing a season for them is as big a deal if you're entering your second major league season. So the Blue Jays suffer by the fact that they have these guys who are still developing and need that playing time to be, able to be able to figure things out, and they won't be getting that because of it. So it's harder for them to stick to their competitive schedule than it is for a more veteran-oriented team. But as you said, it's not like this time, if they're, they don't play this season, like everything is just lost. It does give time for the players to work on themselves. It gives time for all of us to work on ourselves. I mean, I've been jogging a bunch in quarantine, and like, it's just a chance to without a lot of other excess stuff that we do in life to focus on things that we want to improve on. So I think that stands true for a lot of players. I'm just worried it's, it's not the same as if they were getting a full year of service time and getting all that experience in the majors. Um, We have talked a lot today about the bullpen, and I think that's something we want to center in on because I think – I To a large extent, it's like f- the final key to the Blue Jays competing. They do still have lesser problems in the outfield and in the starting rotation, but... To a large extent, I think that's the main problem with the Blue Jays right now. And they have guys coming up in the organization. They have a lot of starters in the organization, whether it's Jacob Wegespack, Anthony Kay, Sean Reed Foley, Nate Pearson. I think some of these guys are going to have to move to the bullpen. But that really is the place where the Blue Jays are going to succeed or fail, in my mind, over the next few years. So, how that's affected by. You know, if there's a season or not, and if the Blue Jays will compete, I'm not sure. But it does transition us into our next topic, um, and one of our last for today, which is Nate Pearson. We've touched on it a little bit, but obviously so much hype around this guy. One of the best prospects in all of baseball. And pretty much everyone expected that he would be coming up this season towards the end of April, beginning of May, just to game out his service time in the majors. And obviously that's not happening right now. But what do you think is going to happen with his service time? What's happening with his development? And when do you think the Blue Jays will be calling him up? Because I think Nate Pearson is one of the final pieces of this team um, one of the final cornerstones that will lead to the Blue Jays' success in the future. So when do you think he's going to be coming up? Because it has large ripple effects down the line for when the Blue Jays compete.
1: Yeah, Nate Pearson is one of the players that are most affected by this, in my opinion. And when you look at it, you know, he, he probably is that final piece. Um, you know, we, we discovered last year their, their core around the, line, you know, the actual batting order with Gurriel, uh, Guerrero, Bichette, Biggio, and so many other young pieces, uh, Jansen, Maguire. But when you look at the starting rotation, it was always kind of a question mark. And we knew Nate Pearson was going to be that, well, hopefully that future ace in that rotation, um, you know, that the Jays actually homegrown. So the the one thing with that is it's, it's, it's tough because I, you know, I, I predicted late April may mark i don't remember what you predicted it was probably the same timeline or if not it was a little bit after probably closer to the summer and a lot of people predicted that as well but i don't like i, I don't see how he comes up this season i just you know maybe he takes part in the the spring training so called 2.0 uh but you know it's only going to be for what 2 to 3 weeks cuz the players need around 3 3 weeks to get ready and after that you know is he guaranteed to be on this so called taxi squad because even if he is he still won't be pitching every five days. He's completely thrown off of a routine. Uh, and, you know, same goes for all the other prospects in the uh, in the Blue Jays system. The whole minor league baseball season's in serious doubt and in serious question. So that goes all the way, you know, down to Bluefield in rookie ball. So that's the one thing that concerns me. And for next year, you know, I guess you can consider him making the starting rotation. I still think that it's going to come down to that service time rule based off of a normal season where it's, it's April 15th or something like that. It's some it's some sort of deadline date. And then after that date, he's locked in for an extra an extra season. And uh, we saw that with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. And it was going to be the case this season as well with Nate Pearson if uh, this pandemic didn't come. So I think, you know, maybe that timeline next year, even maybe even a little bit further into May or June. Because, you know, you have to have him consistently pitching every five days. And this season's a completely lost season for prospects and minor leaguers. And, you know, Nate Pearson just won't be experiencing that every day, or sorry, that every five days where you go out and pitch. So I think that's something that's definitely uh, affected by this. And, you know, this definitely benefits the Jays, though. Like I mentioned earlier with service time, you know, you you get an extra, you, you know, if you're the Jays and the season gets delayed, like it will be if there's a season, you know, you're getting even more time with Nate Pearson. And why? And why wouldn't you want to take that extra year of service time uh, if you're Ross Atkins or Mark Shapiro? And if you look at the current rotation for the Jays, Chase Anderson's on a club option, like I mentioned earlier. And we also said Matt Shoemaker's a free agent. You know, maybe he's dealt for pieces or maybe they keep him around or maybe they lose him in free agency. But you have to imagine the Jays will make some depth signings. But those are right away, right there. Those are two holes uh, in the rotation. Tanner Rourke signed for another year after this season. Um Ryan is also in the, the running. Who knows where he's at? You know, people like Trent Thornton. Um so it's 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 a tough call because I don't see him again this season, but next season, how how long will it take before you see him? Because I don't think it's gonna be completely dealt like it won't I don't think it'll be completely handled the way it's supposed to be based off of a regular season, just because of this season alone. This is halting a year's development almost, probably a full year at least, of Nate Pearson. So, you know, I'm thinking sometime next year, but depending on the offseason, you know, I guess you can consider him maybe making the opening day roster in 2021, but uh, knowing the Jays, they'll make depth signings or re-sign some of these players uh, to stay in the rotation. But he is that final piece. Uh, MLB on Instagram posted a video a couple days ago uh, of the Jays' young bats, so I was kind of completely... You know, shocked by that because they they rarely post about the Jays, but it was something about all the young pieces they had in the lineups. And I went through all the comments, and you know, if you're a fan from New York or wherever the heck you're from, everyone was commenting. Just wait for Nate Pearson. He's that he's that one final piece that they need. Wait wait until Nate Pearson comes up. You know that this team will be serious with Nate Pearson. This team's already good enough in terms of a young core without Nate Pearson in the major League, So he's you know the hype around this guy's real, and we might have to wait. You know, another year for this, because I doubt we'll be seeing him in two thousand and twenty. And I doubt, you know, he's even on this so-called taxi squad. Maybe I'm wrong. And maybe it works out for him, but I just I don't see it happening until some point in two thousand and twenty
0: one, yeah, unfortunately, I think Nate Pearson is probably uh, for lack of a better word, screwed after by this season just because uh, i don't I don't think they're going to put him on a taxi squad because that throws him out of a huge routine you know, he's, who knows if he's even going to really be doing much besides just, you know, working out or doing, I don't even know how that's going to work out. I just don't think that's feasible for him. Um, But I think this year, unfortunately, well, fortunately, uh, if there was no pandemic, this would have been that year where he took the huge, that next step where it was either making the majors or, you know, making that huge leap in development where he is then able to make the opening day roster or, something starting early next season. Obviously that cannot happen now. So I think, you know, as I touched upon earlier, I think this year might just have to be a year of him working on his personal fitness, you know, getting himself as fit as he possibly can, you know, maybe, you know, just keeping himself as, as, uh, trained, as as well-trained as he can just so that next year, you know, he is able to make the opening day roster or, or make the team relatively early into the season, just because this season he's not going to make the the team this season just because he needs that development and just throwing him into a, a major league season is not the best thing in my opinion. And I, I don't think it makes sense to throw him on a taxi squad and just, you know, follow the team for a chance to come up. That's just, that's not going to work also in my opinion.
2: Yeah for all the reasons that you guys just said, it would be too inconsistent. And, I mean, I talked about this way back on our podcast about how I'm concerned about his health. Like, I think... His arm is obviously, it's great, but he throws so fast. He's had troubles with injuries before. I am still concerned about injuries and throwing him into this season, you know, with not just the total inconsistencies of when you play and how you're playing, but also things behind the scenes. Like, they're not allowing showers in the clubhouses. Of course, that's up for discussion right now. But other things like trainers and hot tubs and and cold tubs and all this, different stuff behind the scenes that takes place to, you know, keep the players healthy is probably going to be going out the window for safety reasons. So if you're not having any of that with a pitcher who has such a high potential, but in my mind is already, you know, potentially subject to injuries, I don't want that kind of guy coming up in this type of uncertainty. So I would, from my perspective at least, much rather just have him sit out this season and, and come back next year, and again, who knows how the service time calculus plays out next year, but I, I I don't see the Blue Jays taking the risk. I personally don't want the Blue Jays to take the risk this season with, you know, playing with fire in, in, in putting Pearson into the roster. Okay, well we can move on to our final topic now, which is on the draft. Um, we've heard a lot of talk about this, we've been told that it's going to be five rounds, and... I think right off the bat, we can tell this hurts the Blue Jays a lot. Obviously, it's hurting a lot of teams, but the Blue Jays were drafting 5th overall, and that doesn't just mean they're drafting 5th overall. It also has implications for the amount of money they can spend. So, this hurts the Blue Jays because this is the highest they've drafted in a number of years, if I'm not mistaken, and it was looking to be a good opportunity for them, but looks like they may be losing this down the line so what do you guys think about the implications of this draft how it affects the um the uh the 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 toronto system and organization um beyond just you know this year but for years to come
1: it's a huge loss and when you think about it i guess for every team it's a huge loss but mark what you just mentioned their positioning on this year's draft is it's it's key because this is why or this is part of the benefits i guess of rebuilding is that high draft pick um you know hopefully a top 10 pick I think I think like you said they're picking one of the highest they have in a long time Uh, I don't I don't know the exact position they're at but they're they're definitely a, a high pick and it goes for every in terms of every other team you know this it simply comes down to the fact of scouting you know you won't you can't see scouting uh there's no major league baseball and you know in North America and there's no minor league baseball and there's no college you know, there's none of that's going on right now. And even if there was, scouts would not, probably wouldn't be allowed to go in anyway. So in terms of this, you're almost, it's kind of like you're drafting blind. Um, you know, Ross Atkins was asked about it like a few months ago when this all started. And he did say, you know, there's there's definitely doubt around uh, drafting in terms of confidence and research. But, you know, like unlike or like every other GM, they're confident that if they were able to pull it off, uh, they would, and they would probably do the best they could. And there's no guarantees that anything would work out, uh, especially with the the rounds being shortened to five rounds. Uh, this is probably one of the reasons why they did it, also to save money. There's a lot of financial details in terms of pool money that they can spend. Uh, I don't know the specifics, but you know, it's 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 it puts the Jays in a weird position because with this unique draft this year, you know, only being five rounds, does this team? Uh, draft for long-term do do they draft for you know a short window in the next couple years it puts everything you know at a huge huge question mark uh compared to you know what the plan was heading into the season before this all started um you know do the like I said is this something that you're looking at long-term how far down the road or do the Jays kind of do go different this year and try and you know draft for the short term because there's five rounds There's not a lot of research being done by any teams and, you know, they're, they're getting a high pick. So I I guess chances are they have their eyes set on a few people just because of their uh, positioning, because they're, you know, a top 10 pick or something like that. You know, they definitely have a few players highlighted, but at the end of the day there's not a lot of research that is able to be done by scouting departments. And quite frankly, none of the, the players that they're looking at are even playing right now because of this. So it puts a lot of risk involved how will these? You know, we we've spoken about how the how will the young players in the minor league system in Toronto, you know, react to this. But how would people not even being drafted, like at a high school or even college, how would they react to this? You can only imagine that you know they're they're losing even more because they're so young. They're not even on a professional team yet. They're not even signed to a contract, and they potentially could be sitting out for a whole a whole year as well. And these people are even younger than players in the minor league system already with the Jays. So that's another thing to look at. But, you know, in terms of this season and this draft, the Jays are somewhat going in blind. I wouldn't say completely blind because, you know, that's why you have scouting departments. I'm sure they've been looking at all of this stuff, you know, even since some point of last year. So this is something that they've tried to prepare for uh, early, but it's something that's also thrown them completely off their game along with the 29 other clubs.
0: Yeah, I think, honestly, this draft will hurt a lot of teams well every team especially the Blue Jays but I I think the the toughest part is the fact that there's just a smaller amount of players that are able to get drafted and you know I'm not saying every single pick is going to make it to the major leagues but if you play or if you go through a regular draft with all the normal rounds you have you know obviously your top picks are the ones that you're that you're looking at the the most, you're most uh, confident in, but it, you know, the mid to late draft teams have still drafted players that have actually ended up doing well for them. When you look at a guy like uh, Kevin Polar drafted in the 32nd round, I think he was like 500 something. He he was, it was very late in the draft and he eventually was the starting center fielder from 2015 up to 2019. You know, he was, a guy that everybody loved and he was a great defender. He was good for the blue Jays and something like that cannot happen this year. Like I shouldn't say cannot, you know, it's still, you can still draft a guy that does well, but you know, you're not able to draft guys that you have the potential to develop and uh, turn into major league talent. And I think that will hurt the blue Jays because like I said, you know, when you're rebuilding, you want to, you know, stock up on picks, whether to, you want to use them for deadline deals or, you want to organically develop them and have them be a part of your team. You just, you lose a huge aspect of the rebuilding process. And I think for this year, you know, I'm not saying one year of a a small draft is going to make or break them, but it can hurt them in a couple of years if they're trying to, you know, buy at the deadline and they're unable to give away to uh, a large number of picks just because they don't have as many, Uh, high-rated picks as they would have normally
2: had. Yeah, and another guy that comes to mind is Mark Burley. He was drafted in the 38th round by the Chicago White Sox, and obviously came up to the majors, ended up being a totally lights-out pitcher in the majors, throwing 200 innings for, what was it, like 15 consecutive years? One of the best pitchers of our age, and he was drafted in the 38th round and he would go undrafted in a situation like this. So lots of talent is being left off the table, but I should note that, you know, we kind of, we're looking at the minutia in all of this and, you know, years down the road, we might not really see the impacts of what we might not think of it. The impacts will be there, but um, even though we are all doom and gloom right now, there is, I'm not sure how much of this is going to be, noticeable years down the line. It's probably just going to be a thing that, you know, some players went undrafted that would have become stars, but um, I don't know if we're actually going to be able to notice that in the majors. Um, I should note that the Blue Jays can kind of game the system out after this they if a player is undrafted the blue jays can sign the player for $20,000 i think it is as an undrafted free agent of course all teams can do this but it provides the potential to find you know players diamonds in the rough that went undrafted and maybe you can convince into if you're drafting them out of high school to not go to university if you're drafting them out of u- university to come to your team instead of waiting another year and another consideration in this is the fact that the Blue Jays are, next year, are probably going to have a worse position in the draft. Hopefully they do a lot better. Um, and who knows how the, the draft positioning will be figured out next year. But assuming it's just based on their record, um, they'll have a lot worse positioning. They'll probably be 10th, 15th, maybe overall. And that means that when there is lots of talent, that's kind of held over from this year into next year, they're going to have a worse positioning. So it's going to hurt them next year. And then just looking way down the line into, you know, 2024, 2025, when these prospects would actually be making it to the majors, that's when the Blue Jays are probably looking for the next wave of talent in the majors to continue, um, hopefully doing well, um, in the majors. So it does have ramifications down the line, um, just because of how they're situated, this season, and maybe not getting the talent that they want. And I do just want to bring up the specific stat: the last time that the Blue Jays drafted fifth overall or earlier was 1997. When they drafted Vernon Wells, of course, everyone familiar with his name, out of uh, Bowie High School in Arlington, Texas. I was 5th overall, then a few years before that, they uh, drafted Billy Cock in 1996, um, 4th overall. But yeah, it's been a while since the Blue Jays were in this good of a positioning, and it really sucks that it's going to end up this way with not getting all that they could have out of their draft picks
1: it definitely will and when it comes to a diamond in the, in the rough you know we see this all the time in all of sports and you know other than that you in terms of people who won't get drafted and who will be signed just because of the shortened rounds that will happen this year you know you hope uh that the Jays can find that you know that one player and we know that the Jays put so much time or the front office has been so, so much time in you know putting together a good scouting team it's something that they've been fond of and it's something that you know as a rebuilding team you need to have you need to have a great Um, great scouting department and you know, you hope that's, you know, you hope that's the case. I'm sure they have multiple players circled on their draft boards and you know, if they don't draft them in the first five rounds, you hope that they don't get drafted at all and you can try and convince them to sign with your team. So uh, it definitely does put them at a chance to take some wins in terms of who you can potentially sign. And, you know, looking back on Mark, on who you said on the, um, the latest draft picks, um, 1997 like you said the last time they picked 5th overall Vernon Wells was definitely a a great pick and you know just thinking about it I didn't I didn't even know that he went 5th overall and just cool to you know cool for you to to mention that but uh you know when it comes to all this it's just it's it's really uncertain and it, this this really does suck but you hope that you know this could potentially uh turn out well for them in some sort of way and you know I'm sure they're planning to do it like any other GM but you know 2024 like you said five years down the road who knows where they're going to be you know maybe maybe they'll be playoff contenders by then and uh hopefully they're going all in but it's just it was it was great to actually talk about uh actual baseball and specifically blue jays baseball today so um that was definitely good to talk
2: about yeah it's been great to actually look at the blue jays and figure out all the ramifications of what this season could mean for the team and of course we got way into the details but that's part of the fun of it. Anyways, that does wrap up for our conversation today. Thank you to everyone who listened and again if you enjoyed this podcast, I encourage you to rate and review it on iTunes or just tell a friend about us. We'll be back next week and we may have a special guest with us, but until then, stay safe and we'll catch you next week.
0: Oh, dra- sorry i just fell off uh, of my couch